Hey everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the Queen of Maine, and you know what? I got my own podcast. Yeah, does everyone have one? Pretty much, but mine's different because I'm going to help you like I help myself. Get Stuffed with Lisa Lampanelli every week is going to teach you how to have the fabulous life that I have. If you don't listen, you're just stupid and don't want to help yourself. So don't even listen. I don't even want you to. But if you do, if you disobey my orders and listen, you can go to feralaudio.com or download it from iTunes. But again, don't listen. I don't even care. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. My name is Robert Patrick. I play Gary Tyson. That's Gary Tyson with an I in the film Last Rampage. Evil broke loose in 1978. Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a, a fictional character. It was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the, the things that you were drawn on. Of course, I, I, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know, get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story, like there, you know, the the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised uh, during the Great Depression. See that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it. How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know, how do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And, and the, the, the link that he was willing to uh, uh, go to to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was, it was fascinating to me. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Hey, welcome to the X-Files Files. Today we're talking about Avatar and Quagmire with Jared Logan. Jared Logan has been on the show before. He'll be on the show again. Uh, one thing I want to mention, plug a couple things. On March 8th, if you're in LA, March 8th at 10.30 p.m., I'm showing a movie at CineFamily called The Descent. CineFamily.org has the tickets. Um, the Descent, if you haven't seen it, is an awesome a British horror movie directed by Neil Marshall, who's done a ton of awesome stuff, including a bunch of Game of Thrones episodes now, and uh, he's done a great a werewolf movie called Dog Soldiers. Just a great, like, 
uh, genre filmmaker and The Descent is one of those like really really truly terrifying horror movies that still gets me so if you haven't seen this movie or if you want to see this movie in an awesome dark movie theater setting um, March 8th 10:30 p.m. go to cinefamily.org to get tickets I'm gonna be there um, I might even do a Q&A with the director uh, I think that's something that's gonna happen but at the very least I'm gonna be there hosting the movie and uh, it's a, just a it's a really really good movie if you're not in LA uh, and you like horror stuff, check this movie out. Um, I, I hope most of you guys have seen it. Um, so I guess that's pretty much it. Gonna keep this short. Uh, let's go to Jared Logan. Hey, welcome to the X-Files Files. Uh, Jared Logan is back. How's it going, Jared? Hey, what's up, guys? This is going well. Uh, one thing that you said last time we did the podcast that I think about it, and it makes me laugh, and was, was the episode, remember, where there's, like, a guy on the internet who's, like, sucks the fat out of fat yeah, women, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's, um, the, her, her roommate is like, yeah, she went on fat boards, but the guys that she talked to didn't really have sex on their mind. And you're like, a guy who's trolling for women on a fat message board, that's all he that's has. That's all I, he's going for, that's yeah. That's all he wants. Yeah. Is sex. They um, act like there aren't uh, fat fuckers. That is, listen, which is great. That's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, every every uh, color in the spectrum is present in sexual pro proclivity, you know? Yeah, I mean, every, you look it up, people are doing everything. There's like a whole smoking fetish. Up yeah, there. that's a weird one because it feels like that's going to be difficult. Like you get ash and and yeah. the, the cherry of the cigarette falling off, and you're in bed. Like, like maybe that's the danger part of it. I I know that at like the AVN Awards, I think there's a category for like best smoking sex scene. Really? I think so. Which is like when they're fucking and smoking. That's so banal and like just. Right. I don't, I don't even. It, that's like being like, I gotta get off in a room with a, sort of a, a tall lamp. <laughs> yeah, that seems to have nothing to do with yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so today we're talking about two episodes: Avatar and Quagmire. Avatar is the one where it's revealed that Skinner has had a succubuses the entire time, <laughs> his entire life. No, wait. I'm sorry. Since Vietnam. Since the Viet Since Vietnam. Yeah. He was in Vietnam, he got a succubus, and that's, that's sort of been just around, and he hasn't really talked about it. Never mentioned it before, but why would he? Uh, he just works on the X-Files, which are a supernatural <laughs> phenomenon investigation force. Well, this is the thing that... <laughs> investigation force. This is the thing that's always weird to me. Is like, the X-Files where they go and find crazy shit, that makes sense. It's the X-Files, they're looking for crazy shit. When crazy shit just... Finds them, yeah, way weirder. We're kind of straining credibility a little bit when that happens, well, right? Right. I feel like, listen, I really like this episode. There's a lot. I thought there's a lot to like about this episode. Skinner's great in it. You see his wife. That whole thing. That stuff is cool. But the fact that he's just had a succubus for a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it his wife? Is she the succubus? Uh, we, we need to get we need to get into all that. I, okay. I would just say that this is definitely a Skinner episode. And I, what I wanted to ask you, because you know I'm not as familiar as you are with all of the show. Like, how much have we seen of Skinner before this episode? There's been th personal episodes about him. Not none. This is the first time we find out that he has a wife or an ex-wife or whatever. It okay. Is. Um, first of all, the, 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 the lawyer coming in in the beginning and bringing him, the, he's signing the, did she bring that pen? The, the wedding, the anniversary pen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. She's like really rubbing it in. Yeah. Or something. 
Um, so this is the first time you've seen anything of his person. This is the first Skinner episode. Skinner's been through shit before. He's getting... He got, did he get shot yet? He, he's already gotten shot. Okay. So this is... So he, it's slowly he's sort of been uh, becoming allied with Mulder and Scully. And, and, this, and this one is his first sort of his episode. And they're coming to his aid for the first time in this way. So it's kind of interesting to me that the first time you really learn about Skinner, they're like... How does he fuck? Like he fucks good. He fucks. You're gonna learn about how this guy fucks first of all. We gotta get right into his sex life. Well, I think that must be a bit of a reaction to come the message boards. People think Skinner's hot because he's four. Really? I mean, that, if you want that type of guy, like a bald, buff, he's in man, good shape. Man, man. Yeah. yeah. Like Bruce Willis, you know. The, that's the guy. He's like, he oh could yeah, kick your ass today. No, no, no. He's got. I bet he's got the the V down near his uh, groin. <laughs> what? The cum gutters. Is that what they're called? Cum gutters. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm just saying. I was watching him, looking very closely at his entire anatomy all episode. Yeah. And he's definitely like very takes care of his body. The yeah. Actor does. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's he's really buff. Um, so there's definitely like that whole fuck thing that happens with him. Um, which what do you I, mean? The whole episode is the fuck thing that happens with him. Well, okay. Even the monster is like a fuck monster. Is in love with Skinner too hard. Yeah, yeah. The monster. So it's a, but the, it turns out that the monster is not the one that's been doing bad stuff. Other people are doing bad stuff and the monster is just protecting him, right? Right, okay, because the prostitute we find out at the end was hired by the conspiracy that's trying yes. to discredit him. Right. So, ostensibly, the prostitute was going to try to murder him. Or do something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, okay, you're really... I'm only now putting it together, almost. <laughs> well, and the way the prostitute dies, her head is 180 turned. That's a pretty rough way to go. I love that. That's cool. I like that X-Files goes for really gross stuff like that sometimes. It's becoming more and more intense. This is off-topic, but do you know the... the Jinx, the new HBO documentary. I haven't seen it yet. It started last night. By the time you guys hear it, I think maybe four or five episodes have aired. It's six episodes, and it's this guy who has had three murder trials against him, different murders, has beaten all of them, <laughs> and this first episode kind of starts with just like, so this, this murder happens like 2001, the most recent one, and it's all evidence about, you know, uh, from the time, like the find, they find a torso, no, no arms, no legs, no head. Okay, so this is a guy that's gotten off like, I just left a torso murder charge. Yes. And then the evidence is overwhelming and then it cuts to the present and he's out, so you don't find out yet how, the, but it's his first interview, so the bulk of the show is interviews with this guy who, Pretty much, you're sure, has gotten away with one murder. Grizzly murders. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's cool. If you love cereal, you'll love <laughs> exactly. Jinx. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. Um, the... Uh, uh, the the old lady, I thought there were some good scares with the old lady. So let me tell you, that is that is a lifted directly from a film. The old lady in the red raincoat. You know this red raincoat you see? Yeah. Okay, it's a lifted lifted directly from a film called Don't Look Now, when starring is it from? Donald Sutherland. I believe it's from either the late seventies or early eighties. Definitely well before this. Okay, yeah, 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 way way before this. Um, and it's a film about Donald Sutherland and his wife lose their daughter. She dies when she's a teenager. Yeah. So they go on this trip. I think it's to France. And he keeps seeing his daughter in this red raincoat. And at one point, he grabs the person in the red raincoat from behind. She turns around. She's this ugly old woman. 
And what happens? So it's like this whole motif in this episode. I love the X-Files, but it is it is really, really heavily lifted from Don't Look Now. Well, you have to come up with 24 new ghost stories every year. Yeah, but it's just like we saw like a motif in an earlier one that was like directly out of like uh, Silence of the Lambs or whatever. Like, I mean, these guys are horror fans. Who knows Don't yeah. Look Now? Nobody. No. But so they, 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 yeah. They, yeah. But they, they even borrowed the, the red raincoat. It's because it's such a specific image. You yeah. Know? Uh, when he's fucking the woman and she turns into an old lady and it's supposed to be like, oh, gross, he's fucking an old lady I thought that was cool <laughs> I like that um, and I like Skinner's relationship with them like he's the tough dad who won't like talk to him and you sort of see yeah. the whole thing is with his wife is that he's built up these walls around him right that he won't talk right. about and he, you know, he comes out about that when she's in a coma Right. He finally talks about that. So at the end, the wife also turns into the succubus for a second? The wife is the succubus. The wife is the succubus. He's yes. actually been married to a succubus. He's married to someone who I think can astrally project herself. She can astrally project herself into dreams and into and, and other places. That's what the succubus is. And also kind of take over other people because when he's having sex with the prostitute the prostitute turns into the old woman right so she at that point she has entered the prostitute yes and so is he yeah <laughs> they both entered her they have so much in common through different entryways yeah 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 different one's got a soul entrance and one's through the one through the the, uh, the, the pussy well where you would expect say, <laughs> but um oh i hate it saying pussy i'm sorry um what is the so you know like a lot of lore stuff right like yeah. what's the succubus well what's, first of all i i, I is when, that the right when Mulder, when Mulder brings out his succubus book i just i'm always praying that one time he'll just pull off like the time life mysteries of the unknown series you know yeah. Do you know what i'm talking about yes the a succubus man i don't I, I don't remember anything about them being astral projectors or like appear like going into a uh, women that you're already having sex with or <laughs> that you're already having sex with right or like or like a, uh, knowing something that's going to happen far away that's how he's able to save Scully at the end right and we get the sense that she that the succubus sensed something and told him yeah the succubus has or, like some sort of uh, uh, all knowing power uh, clairvoyance we might say yeah. right she's aware of things that are happening far away yeah. all of these things are just like this slew of like powers that aren't a succubus was just what Mulder said it's like People in the Middle Ages used to have these dreams. They say there's all these records of them having these dreams where they're being suffocated in their sleep or by these women that are straddling them. Generally, it was the rationale to go on a witch hunt. And I think probably a lot of medieval succubus lore was really just like, I want to get this woman didn't let me fuck her. And yeah. now I'm just going to say that she's a succubus yeah, and that she's sending spirits to me at night and stuff like that. Well, it's so that stuff is so, uh, you know, the nightmare, there's a documentary coming out soon called the nightmare. Yeah. Because that specific kind of nightmare, sleep paralysis nightmare. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, that's fairly common. The idea that you're awake and you can't move, there's an entity there. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people, it's like a psychological thing. I'm going to watch the documentary when it comes up, but you see across all cultures, there's like these similar nightmares and the scary stuff you see is sort of informed by, you know, the, the cultural context and stuff. Sure. And I think that's where a lot of like UFO abduction stuff comes from. Okay. These kinds of dreams. Or yeah. they used to think it was fairies, right? Right, or they, right, thought, right. or they thought it was the devil. Now it's, now it's aliens. Well, one thing I read on Reddit that's crazy is that voices that talk to you, like when people have schizophrenia or whatever, voices talk to you. 
that the nature of those voices is also informed by uh, cultural forces so that in a lot of other cultures, they're benevolent voices. And in America, those voices are generally, generally harmful voices. So if you're crazy somewhere else, the crazy voices in your head are different based on where you're from. Isn't that That's crazy? amazing. Yeah. I've also heard that you don't hear it as like, hello, Kumail, I am the voice telling you to kill your sister. It's like you just hear like tinkling and stuff. Like, like it's just like, it's, it's just, it's auditory or it's completely mental. So it's not, um, it's not like hearing a voice say a sentence. That's, there was this uh, Reddit thread recently uh, called, what's the scariest thing you've ever read on Reddit? And it's awesome. You I'm going to look at this. Because there's like 20 of the craziest stories you've ever heard, right? And one of them is this guy who's, who he inspects like some sort of containers that, that carry some sort of natural gas, which is the gas isn't toxic, but the pressure at which the gas is stored, um, you know, it's very important because it can explode. Yeah. People die. So he's been doing this for 40 years and he says for 40 years, He's like, he's like, I am schizophrenic or whatever the right term is. He's like, I hear different voices in my head and one of them is a good voice and one of them is a bad voice. And he says, I've many, many times there are voices in my head that have been like, this one's dangerous. Just let it go. See what happens. And he's like, over 40 years, I have let go many, many, many dangerous containers. It's like pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. He just admitted that he's created yeah, but situations. It's an, yes, but it's an anonymous, you know, you can post it. Right, it's anonymous, yeah. sure. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a, a lot of great stuff. There's maybe even an X-file in that or a movie or something about like how many like bridge collapses or you know like accidents might have been just somebody being like i wonder if well, I let's just, see what happens let's just let's just not push the button i'm supposed to push yeah today. yeah yeah i love that stuff i mean i don't want to be involved in it but um i thought the uh, when skinner gets out and Mulder and scully meet him and they're like hey we want to talk and he's so embarrassed because it's like dad got caught fucking a prostitute yeah, yeah. even though he doesn't know she's a prostitute at that point um I, uh, I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, his character's interesting, you know? He uh, says, I guess that would mean, uh, uh, it, it would hurt future book sales when he's talking to the madam. So this must have happened around the Heidi Fleiss thing. Ah. The Heidi Fleiss thing. They, they took that. Yeah, totally. Of, yeah. Cause Very topical. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that's topical in this show is when they're confronting him at one point and he's telling them, he's telling Mulder about Vietnam and he was like, I was no choir boy. I inhaled. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's like, a Bill Clinton thing. Did the guy from the Capitol steps punch this up? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that's exactly right. Cause that's what Clinton said, right? Yeah, like yeah, I smoked, yeah. but I didn't inhale, which is such a wishy-washy, horrible, like, yeah, yeah I'm cool, so, but I'm not an asshole. A politician. Politician answer. Yeah, such a politician. You know what was interesting to me is like you can't have active characters in fiction now that were in Vietnam anymore. Because the last year of the war was 1975, and if you were 18, the youngest age you could have been, you're uh, you're 58 now. Okay. So Punisher from Marvel Comics. Was he in the war? Is that Yeah, the whole origin of the Punisher is that he was in the Vietnam War for like a ridiculous amount of 
uh, tours. So that means the Punisher has to be in his like mid sixties in order to, <laughs> in order for his character to make any sense. Okay, which is not like oh that's sad. So I yeah I mean mid sixties Punisher. It's kind of <laughs> cool though. It's, yeah, I like it, but soon it's going to be pretty. It's a little untenable. Tight. Yeah, and I bet you in oh I bet you in five or six years we start you'll switching see to Desert Gulf Storm. War. Yeah. yeah, you'll see Gulf War Punisher in about yeah, yeah, five or yeah. six years. I don't know how they'll change it though because Marvel has this very hardcore policy of not changing their continuity the way DC did. So Right, because DC have... did New 52 and stuff, right? Right, right. right. We'll see. Um, how did you feel about the fact that Scully sort of thinks that Skinner is guilty or that she doesn't believe because that's the you know that's the most basic broad setup of X-Files. Mulder's a believer, she's not. Yeah, um, they're both rigid in their ways, but that's sort of the um, the distinction there. So, so for that formula to work, Mulder has to be like, "Oh, he didn't do it," and Scully kind of has to be like, "Maybe he did." That felt a little to me. It just felt I don't know. I I didn't love that Scully would. That she was kind of um, going back on. Like being loyal to Skinner, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, you know what? I, I feel like maybe they set that up to be a conflict here and didn't pay it off as well as they maybe could have. Because yeah. I did like when she's in the inquiry and she's kind of having to fight for Skinner's career. But she's sort of hesitant. But she does finally come out and embarrass herself by saying he, it might have been a visitation or something. Yeah, right. She didn't have to do that. She could have been like... No, she comes around. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I don't know. It's a, it's a conflict. I saw it as more of a conflict that was interesting, but they could have paid it off a little harder. Like, shown that she really took a hit to do that. It's also she's not Skinner's favorite kid, right? Like, when they go and meet the ex-wife... The wife goes, he's mentioned Mulder at work, but hasn't mentioned Scully. So, like, even though he's meaner to Mulder, that's the favorite son, you know? Poor Scully, man. She also gets knocked out by a door, I think. In <laughs> yes! Uh, you know, David Duchovny pitched this one. This was his idea. So, David Duchovny's like, so I, I believe in Skinner. Scully doesn't quite yeah. get it. Anyway, later a door opens in her face and she's go she's done. She's, she's out gone. of it. She's out and then she needs to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you know, also, his original pitch was like, so then I'm there to save the day. Right. And she was like, uh, no. And he was like, okay, it's uh, Skinner. That literally doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And Skinner's been at home talking about me and how awesome I am to his like wife, <laughs> who's like older, but like a total babe. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. like a hot older lady. She's hot. Yeah. And I like, know this actress from Red Shoe that we can get <laughs> red shoe diaries <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, yeah Mulder's like really really noble in this one and i like that this is the first time that i remember where scully has a video it's always Mulder has a video that's what i said i had that written yeah, down scully gets like, a video stand back Mulder. i get the av component <laughs> yeah, this time. yeah it's not as exciting as Mulder's videos no 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 well i mean we no last time we did this one of his things was just a photo of the guy you didn't need like <laughs> We're going to go visit the guy. Yeah. We, here's his photo. I That's set all this up to show you that. Yeah, this yeah. is the guy. I set all yeah. of this up just to show you that. Um, I like the thing where they find the, the, the phosphorescence on the woman's face or whatever. I thought that was a cool image. Yeah. They do good, like, spe specific weird images like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe the succubus entered through her mouth then? I don't understand exactly. <laughs> I don't fully understand either. <laughs> They did what you call a rotisserie on her. <laughs> oh no! This is too far. <laughs> the Eiffel Towered her. She's a, she. The Eiffel Towered her. 
<laughs> That's no good. She's a prostitute. Come on. I'm yeah. not saying it about your sister or something. <laughs> um, yeah, his wife is Mills. Mil- she looks like a slightly older, like, Courtney Cox, I thought. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one part where the old woman shows up in the mirror, and I thought that that was a very effective scare, like when Skinner... I don't understand why her, like, astral self is this creepy old woman, you know? Yeah, she could just be a... She could just look like her. I guess they had to pick something. Yeah, but why is it not... Well, it couldn't be his wife. Right, that would be dumb if her, yeah. But if it's an entity that's been around hundreds of years, right? Maybe it's like a good point. Maybe it's like an ancient entity. If it's an ancient entity, that's what it would look like. Yeah, I'll have to watch that Discovery Channel show, Ancient Entities. (laughs) Have you seen Ancient Aliens? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it either. It just feels like such... Such bullshit. Yeah. Oh, but then also, if you remember, the entity smashes Skinner's wedding photo. Yeah, but it makes sense because it's upset over... It's upset... I mean, it's her, so it's upset over the divorce. Oh, okay. She wants back with him the whole time. Okay, okay. It also makes sense. Yes, it also makes sense that Skinner would not tell anybody about this succubus. That does make sense to me because Skinner's a closed book. Silence is strength. Is what his wife says about it. makes him. sense, but what doesn't make sense is that Skinner doesn't use his succubus, his wife's succubus powers later in the show. He really doesn't. Like it's to gone. save, yeah. He, there should be one episode, five episodes later, where they're like, by the way, that succubus that I'm married to, she's, she's yeah. we could let her loose. Right. Hey, how are we going to get this information? My wife is a succubus. Yeah, she's got magic. She's a literal magic ancient entity. He should also have a t-shirt that says, I went to Vietnam and all I got <laughs> was a murder succubus. Was a murder succubus. <laughs> Yeah, like they're like, oh, cancer man's a problem. Well, my wife can just twist his neck around while he's in bed yeah. by putting her ectoplasm and in his mouth. <laughs> there'll be a little bit of phosphorescence, but that'll fade in a day. And then that's like the end of the X-Files on the show. And then the rest of the show is just about them like kind of, you know, buying a house, settling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Skinner has had threesomes with his... They have. They sort of have a threesome. Yeah, it's a threesome. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's hot. No wonder Duchovny pitched this one. <laughs> nymphomaniac. Yeah, he. he that's pretty. Uh, well, Agent Pendrel's in this one. He's in love with Scully. That's a character. That, Is he the forensics guy? The Nebuchadnezzar forensics yeah, guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. He's, I like him. He's funny. Yeah, he's good. He's got a fun presence. Yeah. Like it's all these like Canadian actors that got to do these fun little parts that you don't really see as much as you should. Cause sure. Canadian theater theater actors they're in like productions over there and yeah stuff. um but uh, i wish we could uh see more of those um I, I hear one idea i had was that uh is it i don't know enough about the law is it entrapment when they have that one hooker or that madam or whoever and they're like tell him you'll meet him at the hotel at this certain time remember they set up that trap for the for the bad guy for the conspirators it's, it would be entrapment if a, the, the point was that it's just a prostitute, but because they've done other crazy shit, I think it's more than that. Okay, so because they are murderers, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I mean, like, if I got a prostitute to come to you and be like, hey, Jared, let's fuck, and then I catch you, that's entrapment. That's entrapment. But if you've committed a, another different crime and I get a prostitute to be like, hey, come, let's fuck, and then I get you, I'm not getting you for the prostitution, I'm getting you for the other crimes. Then okay, so that's a lot. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. I, yeah. I was just making sure, because for a little bit of there, I was like, wow, believing in UFOs isn't the only non convinced 
conventional thing about Mulder's <laughs> law enforcement style. I just the whole episode, I'm like, Skinner's, you gotta let people in. You won't let your wife in. You won't let, and she's a crazy succubus. You won't yeah. let Mulder and Scully in. Well, yeah, well, I don't know why he's like that. And he continues to be like that. Well, that's like, you know. He's always like, I can't help you guys on this one. Yeah. He says that like 70 times. Right. It's like, well, then fucking get out of our, don't even work here. Yeah, why are you you're useless to us? You guys are on your own. Yeah, we know. You said that all the time, dad. But that's like a dad that like some of your friends have, right? I don't know if that's what your dad is like. Like what? A lot of people's dads are like sort of like. Uh, super closed off men, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, if you were a nom and you saw the shit, like, I could see why you would be that kind of dude, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's probably what my grandfather was like. He was an army guy. I don't know if my dad is closed off. I think my dad's more just kind of asleep. I mean, literally, he's, like, usually asleep. (laughs) He's a sleepy dad? Yeah, dad, I love you. (sighs) Really? He's asleep. He had really bad... Oh, he had the same disorder Skinner had, uh, where he was just, like... Well, no, not the same one where you kill a prostitute in your bed, but like he would, he had sleep apnea so bad. Really? That he, my dad would ask you a question and while you were answering it, he would fall asleep. Isn't that narcolepsy? Is it like that? It got to be like narcolepsy. So And how do you fix it? He has a mask. You've heard of these things? Oh, at night he wears a mask? (sighs) The Darth Vader mask. At night? At night. Mm Mm-hmm. And he now sleeps better. And my mom can't sleep without it either because it's like, it's so involved that once you learn how to sleep with this okay. noise, you it's like, because it's like, click, yeah. click all night. It's terrifying. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. it becomes like a white noise machine. Or yeah, something. totally. That totally. should be a setting like rainforest, waterfall, yeah. sleep apnea. Yeah. Darth Vader. Um... Uh, there was, uh, there's one line that's, did, I always look for these like lines that are clearly like, it's on the back of someone's head, it's ADR later because it didn't make sense. They were like, oh, we need to bridge this. All right, well, have Scully say something. And it's, what did he say? So he must have hired the prostitute. There's a part where Scully or Mulder <laughs> say it. Yeah, and he needed that. Little bit Mulder of- would turn around and be like, yeah, I mean, clearly that's what yeah, we were. Exactly. I mean, why, why <laughs> yeah. are you stating that out loud? We're so far into the case at this point. <laughs> at this point, you might as well be like, did a prostitute no, die? Remember, I didn't get it, so I needed her to say that. Yes, yes. Uh, Skinner has the big monologue to his coma wife, which is like, that's the first time, like you said, he opens up to her, really. What got me through each day was knowing that I would sleep next to you each night. It's a, it's a pretty sweet monologue. He's a great actor. Walter yeah, he's Skinner. great. He's yeah. fantastic. Um, and uh, After they save his entire career, he, uh, Mulder's like, tell me, just tell me what happened. Yeah. And he's like, no. Right, he won't do it. <laughs> yeah, and then he, and then you know what he says to him after they save his entire life and career, and incidentally his marriage. He goes, "Thanks for the quick turnaround on this one." Yeah, that's I, the thank you. Well, but I like that. That's his way of saying thank you for everything, as opposed to thank you for the, I, you know this one thing. But it means so much more. I didn't fucking complete a budget spreadsheet, dude. <laughs> I fucking I saved, saved your life, the whole thing. I think drinks at a bar at least were due here. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly. I'll get I'll get lunch next time. Yeah, I'll get Subway. This is a very buttoned up character. He, very very buttoned. 
Yeah. Yes, he is. He's always got his jaw clenched. Like he's like he chews a lot. Like he's always chewing nothing. Yeah. Um, this uh, one last thing that this reminded me of. I feel yeah. like we're we're coming into the home stretch on this one. That um, you know how it's like all his episode. It reminded me like how sometimes comic books will have like an issue that's about like Alfred or something like that. Yes. And I remember that there was this comic book called Moon Knight. And Moon Knight had a sidekick named Frenchie, who was a French guy. And there's this one issue where on the cuff cover, it's like Frenchie fighting a guy. And Moon Knight's like standing aside and Moon Knight's saying, this is Frenchie's fight. I can't interfere. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> it's Skinner's fight. We can't interfere. All they do is interfere. Yeah, they interfere it's also when they call to be like, hey, let's meet at the Ambassador Hotel or whatever. It's the most like obvious ambush in history. It's yeah. like uh, like five dudes in like suits just sitting there around the table. And obviously they don't. They're not gonna come. Um, uh, well, they yeah. know. They're watching them. I I wrote that you like you almost got to have a heart and heart to heart with dad, but it doesn't work. So close. Dad backs off. Like there's a moment where he's like. We're going to do this, but then he grits his teeth and his wall comes back up. But his marriage is back, right? His marriage is back, yeah. Yeah. But you're right, that wall, man. Jeez, it's like, they're like, hey, you know, we really appreciate you as a boss. You're really, and he's like, mm, thanks for the quick turnaround. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, office hours are technically over. <laughs> Must not feel. <laughs> is there anything you want to say more about this episode before we move on to the next one? Just that I hope that the screenwriter on this one was going through a tough divorce. Because <laughs> it feels like a lot. It feels like someone was dealing with some real shit, and I think you really... You really got it out there it's in, a, in a nice way. This was a good episode. Yeah. This, I would give this, a, it's not my favorite episode, but it's a good episode. It's a good little episode. There's all these sort of like, this one people remember because it's Skinner episode, so it's different. But there's so many of these sort of little episodes that are just like really well done, have good stuff in them, good scares, good mystery. And they're never going to show up in like top 10 lists, but yeah. they're like a good workmanlike they got the job done that way. That's right. Know? Oh, and the only other idea I have from this episode is that if you were an actor in the 80s or 90s, you had to do a fuck scene. It's like, <laughs> you know the actor that played Skinner was like, I'm bald, I'm on network television. They're like, nope, get naked right now. And it's a pretty long sex scene. And I saw this episode on a plane. So I was sitting in between people. <laughs> and I just have to see an old bald guy having sex with a prostitute. It, in that context, it goes on for a very long sure, time. Sure, I'm sure, yeah. It's, yeah. It goes on for a while. Little kids in the seat next to you, yeah. yeah. They're like, look, this is how you were made. Oh, that. Do you ever show kids? Do you guys, you ever show kids videos of people like having porn? sex? Yeah. No, Not I Not porn, Camille, that's disgusting, but like body of evidence. Or... Okay, just like sort of softcore stuff. Yeah, dangerous liaison. Yeah, stuff like someday like that. this will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, the... look at it. <laughs> Be here. <laughs> Be here now. Be present in this moment. Uh, the next episode is Quagmire. And this episode, so uh, I just had Darren Morgan on the podcast, and he wrote, like, Clyde Brooks' Final Repose, yeah. The Chance from Outer Space. This one he did a rewrite on. Okay. And it's interesting because you see a lot of the stuff that uh, are obvious concerns, that uh, the things that he sort of, the ways that he sees the X-Files. Uh, comes up in this episode, but because it's originally written by someone else, they come out in a much more optimistic and positive way. This is the episode with Big Blue. There's a creature in a lake or something, and yes. they want to try and save it. And um, it's it's interesting because it's sort of, at, at its heart, it seems like it would just be sort of a pretty standard X-Files episode, but they really get at a lot more, like, 
uh, of what the X Files is about, like yeah. what Mulder's Quest is about. Instead. Yeah, that's very interesting. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Now, what, what, uh, explain to me because I have I didn't get to hear the conversation or, or what, what is Darren Morgan? What does he think are, are the real themes? He talks a lot. Or what are his themes, rather? Uh, Jose Chung is a lot about sort of the stories and lies we tell ourselves to have meaning, right? So in Jose Chung, one event happens and then six people have all different theories uh, or interpretations of it. And that's how they sort of create meaning in their lives. And basically, this is what Mulder says. There's that conversation on the rock where he's like... I always wanted a peg leg because if I have a peg leg, peg leg, I'd be a hero just for living. But I don't have a peg leg, so I gotta fucking find something else to do. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of like the American Western problem, right? We all oh, have sure. to be like, "Who are you? What are you gonna be when you yeah, grow up?" Yeah. That kind of thing is like really scary. And I thought Scully's attitude on that is so funny, where she's like, "Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. even if you find it, what happens then?" Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "That's all I have is finding this. That's what my fucking life is." I thought that that was such a great that conversation on the rock is really really interesting and it really gets at you know what Mulder's question and how and how uh, Scully sees it and it's unique too because I think a lot of shows that are that that have kind of a mystery of the week or a monster of the week format don't you don't see conversations like no that, you don't where they kind of uh, take take five to kind of say well, what's all this about every right. week you know right. they're, you know you're never going to see that on a CSI or something right. you're just not going to see it but there's like a sweetness to this one too because mm-hmm. the other Darren Morgan episodes are a little bit cynical in that they sort of show Mulder as a putz but in this one at the end Scully's like hey people need something to believe in and at the end there is a monster and the monster isn't like sort of the bad guy it's that alligator that's been killing people mm-hmm. the monster just sort of lives there and it's like it's really I thought it was interesting it's like a, a symbol of like mystery being alive and hope being alive and you know that, you, that, that there is magic in the world and I, I well you thought the alligator was a symbol of no, I thought the big the, the monster was. Oh, when you see that, you monster. see it all yeah, the way at the very end. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's real nice. You're right. That is kind of a, a, a whimsical, magical ending for an X Files. It's episode. a totally magical ending. And I, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. But when I watched it this time, I thought it was kind of beautiful. It's like you see Mulder like doing all this crazy shit, jumping through hoops to have this crazy quest for truth. But it gives you hope that oh, there is something out there, and he could get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my thought was, though, I was like, you found a fluke man. When will it be enough? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's what Scully's saying. You proved that there were fluke men. Yeah, I think that's what Scully's point is. Like, you, what are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Like, well, everybody's like that, though, right? Yeah. Like, whatever your obsession is, everybody has one, and they never let it go. You yeah. never, nothing's, it's never enough. Well, hopefully you have one. Some people don't, and then you, we look at them as having empty, useless lives. Oh, yeah, I guess those people exist. Well, I don't mean a lot of those people, well, to be honest with you, well, though. Well, we're sort of living in a world where, you know, we're comedians so everybody that we meet is people who are sort of optimistic in a weird way and kind of lying to ourselves right like the idea that you you grew up in West Virginia yeah surrounded by people who I would assume have sort of normal jobs sure and you grow up and you'd be like I'm gonna go to Hollywood and become a comedian that's a fucking crazy thing it takes a lot of delusion it takes a lot of delusion right so we're just surrounded by people who are like deluding themselves like if you look at the numbers of people who succeed out of the number of people who are trying and don't it's a like you see all these crazy people fucking walking around in Hollywood yeah they all came here to be like, I'm going to be a star. And now they're old and living on the streets. 
But okay, so now we're gonna get, now we're gonna really get into this Mulder-Scully conversation because, you know, I don't think he makes this retort to her, but it, you know, if you study existentialism, right? So like, the whole point is not to get to some end game where you finally find, discover the monster that you show everybody and then you right. solve the X-Files, plural. Right. The uh, whole idea is that you just keep doing it because it gives your life meaning to keep trying, right? right? So right. like, that's what existentialism is. And so even sometimes when I meet those crazy people, as long as they, you know, they're having fun pursuing it. Yeah. No. You'll meet people that fit in at a lot of different levels of success. Of but course. some of them have a good attitude about it, and some of them have a kind of a shitty I failed attitude about right. it. Right. In other words, the only way to say that you failed is to tell so, yourself to that, say you that you failed. failed. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right, until you die. There's only one moment a day where you're like, oh no, I failed, and then you die. Until then, you always have something to sort of go for, right? Yeah. And I think, I bring up Memento a lot, but I really love that movie because that's really what that movie's about. Like, so if he doesn't solve this, all he can do is try and solve this murder, right? Yeah. And when he solves it, he's like, oh fuck. Well, I'm just gonna keep the mystery alive and keep living this life just because yeah. that's all I have. Yeah, that movie's and, amazing. And that's kind of what Mulder's doing, right? Mulder's whole thing is like, I gotta have this quest because otherwise I'm fucking nothing. Otherwise, what else is there? Well, I think he has a definite, I think he has a definite goal that we don't talk about in this one, which is that his his sister, right? I mean, right, but what's he gonna that's do? That's a more concrete goal. Sure, but what's he gonna do once he finds his sister? Like this, it's... I think they answer that in a later episode, well, right? I it's not really her You know, and something. I've brought this up too many times, but that thing of uh, Joker in Dark Knight, uh -huh. when he's like, I'm, ch I'm dog chasing a car, I wouldn't know what I would do if I got the car. Like, yeah. and that's exactly what Mulder is. Like, there's an episode called Ephemasculata, where it's uh, this disease is spreading, and he's like, I'm gonna Tell everyone that in the, you know, leak, leak it to the media. And Scully's like, what's that going to accomplish? People are going to be scared. And the, the disease is already out there anyway. Like, yeah. what, what do you get out of it? You don't get anything out of it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and then in this one, you sort of see little bits of how to Mulder, they do this a lot. Scully cares more about the people. Mulder cares more about the quest. So when that doctor at the end, Dr. Faraday gets attacked... Mulder just kind of like goes after the creature while Scully is the one who's like, hey, are you okay? So, right. so that's their good balance there. Yeah, he yeah. Just, he's sort of blind. He just wants the monster. Yeah, he's all, yeah, he's all about his obsession. Yeah. Right. By the way, that, that, uh, Dr. Faraday, poor man's Brian Cranston. Look what I wrote. You Looks wrote. a lot like Brian Aha! He totally looks a lot like Brian Cranston. He, I like the phrase "frog holocaust." He uses now that was the name of our band uh, many years ago that you and I were in. Frog yeah, holocaust. yeah. I played keyboard. Yeah, and I was saxophone. I mean, <laughs> and those guys have gone on without us. And yeah. You now, you might know them now as Three Doors Down. As Three Doors Down. <laughs> but they, we, we used to all be frog holocaust. And you guys are like, oh, they don't have a sax for Of course they don't. Jared left the band. Yeah, I don't do sax for them anymore. Yeah. Fucking assholes, like to be honest. But What Darren Morgan does a lot in all of his episodes is in the first cold open sort of establishes the theme of the episode. So um, in uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space, the theme sort of is, it's the one with Charles Nelson Riley. Yes. It's like everybody starts their story with, now this is a crazy thing I'm going to tell you, but 
And that sort of, to me, is sort of the crux of that episode is that everybody thinks their story is weird and unique, but we're all kind of telling ourselves different versions of the same lies, right? In this one, it's the survival of the fittest. You can't turn your back on nature. Or nature will turn your, uh, your its back on you. That idea of, you know, how everything is sort of connected and the, you know, the frog population's dwindling, so now this monster needs to go out to get, like... So that crocodile was eating, or alligator, whatever it is. Was eating the frogs. Yeah, which seems like a very small thing for it to eat. Yeah, but I mean, if you imagine that the lake is at one point really filled with frogs, and yeah. then, uh, so, so it's, you know, that's like the size of a muffin. You're getting like a muffin, you know, yeah. a couple of times a day. I mean, you probably feed, I don't know, they're cold blooded, so I think they feed less than mammals. Right, I Right, guess. they feed like a lot, and then they go take a nap for like a day. Okay. Um, I don't know. One, one thing that's interesting, though, I think if you go with Mulder's Big Blue theory, Big Blue is the one that that's eradicating the frogs. But it, what it ends up being true is that because the frogs were eradicated, this alligator is going after people. You're right. So it's actually the opposite is true. Right. It is not a monster. It is mundane. And uh, the decimation of the frogs is creating the problem. Right. It's and, not a symptom of the problem. And Big Blue basically has nothing to do with anything. It just happens to be there. And right. Wanna, well, what's interesting... Big is, Blue is actually a astral projecting from Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> she could also do a dinosaur. She's just got a lot of vague powers. <laughs> it's a, they talk about Pleosaur. Yeah. Pleosaur is like a swimming dinosaur, right? Sure, That's yeah. Or I've heard, I've heard plesiosaur. But yeah, I guess you, do, you, have a, you have a joke where you mention plesiosaur. Yeah, I haven't done that in a long time. I should do that again. But um, yeah, yeah plesiosaur. I've heard pleosaur. Sure. Um, what's interesting is Scully says in that conversation, by the way, uh, that conversation is referred to as C-O-T-R, uh, conversation on the rock. And that conversation <laughs> is like a thing that's referenced a lot. They're like, you know Where? when they were on C-O-T-R? Like on NXFA's lore, message boards, fan pages. Oh, really? They just oh, that's C-O-T-R. Cool. See, I know then, nothing about the fandom. That's really cool. Actually. I now know because of the message boards that yeah. are going on. And it's so interesting on these message boards. I would think that later is when sort of certain episodes get deified and become like classics yeah but when you read the message boards you realize that even in the moment people are recognizing how special certain episodes are so like sure. Jose Chung when it aired and it's such a crazy episode right the next day people are like oh this is one of the best episodes this is yeah like, and people are like picking up on the themes and stuff of it like immediately right away so like conversation on the rock is becomes like sort of deified almost immediately and it's so funny that it's just kind of dropped into this like kind of random Loch Ness monster episode it's so cool too because Darren Morgan has already written his final episode at this point he's he's done Jose Chung he's sort of quitting the show as he's leaving this is sort of his goodbye like he rewrites this episode yeah he's sort of Puts all his themes in there, but has like a positive, wistful attitude to them. Yeah, in a way that nice. he hasn't had before. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, it's it's really sweet. And but he also has that. Like he's pretty anti, not anti Mulder, but he exposes Mulder's folly a lot. So there's a. Uh, a time where the poor man's Brian Cranston says to him, any serious mental effort, people turn to UFOs and sea serpents and and Sasquatch. Yeah, which, which is. is like a, 
Pretty damning. Very legit criticism of Mulder as a character. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes Mulder is like, there's someone dead here. I think it might have been a Minotaur. <laughs> and you're like, what? Well, there's holes in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think so, Mulder. It's easier to look for ghosts than to do actual real detective work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Scully knows him so well, because when they're driving, she's like, why are we going here? I mean, what is it? And then she sees that big, like, sign that says uh, something about Big Blue, and she's like, oh, oh fuck, no. here yeah. we go. Her reactions have gotten so good, like her facial reactions to like, whenever Mulder brings up stuff. <laughs> it used to be more eye-rolly, and now she can like roll her eyes without rolling her eyes. We yeah. just said in episodes before, like she does this thing with her face where it's like, oh, she's not rolling her eyes, but her brains are rolling her eyes. Sure. Yeah. We get a lot of Scully canon in this one. We learn that Scully's mother owns dogs. Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, this uh, is mythology building, yeah. really. Yeah, a lot um, of world building. There's a Queequeg, uh, Ahab, Starbuck thing. We learn that Scully hates kennels. Yes, yes, that's you know? a weird part of it, right? And Queequeg is the dog that she finds in Clyde Bruckman, so it's like... Oh! And he only shows up in Darren Morgan episodes. And he, the the origin story of Queequeg is... You know, remember Clyde Bruckman? That's the yeah. Peter Boyle episode. Yeah. The neighbor dies... And the dog is found feasting on the neighbor's I remember. Horse. Yeah, he eats the neighbor. This is that dog. That's Queequeg? Yeah. That's and, hilarious. And so Queequeg can't be long for this world because it had sort of a grisly yeah. uh, origin it's story. It's the circle of life. You eat a man, then a man-eater <laughs> eats you. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, how about when they find the body and then this guy who was just fishing is like, we've got a floater. <laughs> I wrote like, that. Yeah. Does that happen so often that they have, like, <laughs> that they know the terms for it? If I were Mulder, I'd be like, hey, man, you're not a cop. Don't use floater. <laughs> Don't, you okay? don't, you're not jaded. You yeah. haven't earned it. That's for, like, Richard Belzer to say. Yeah, yeah. Even we shouldn't be saying yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also like that the sheriff is like, you know, eight or nine times a uh, season people are going to die on this. Like, that's just statistics. Is it? Seems very high. It seems really high, but I think that, you know, I think that if we went and asked a park ranger, they'd say, yeah, actually, it's you sadly eight or true. Nine people? Well, he says he has 48 miles of lake coastline. 48 miles is a lot. That's a big ass lake. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I would have to ask somebody, but. Um, I, I've heard that it's, you know, it can get very dangerous in the outdoors. Um, and I get called out for this a lot, but this, basically a lot of this podcast is, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I feel <laughs> like this is what it is. So, well, to you, no, it's just interesting that to you it felt like bullshit. To me, it felt like I was like, yep, got it. Eight, Eight or nine. nine. Wow. Wow. We're so different, Jared. You know, ah, you say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> yeah, we look at the, I look at the world through rose-colored eyes, and to Jared, the glass, glass is half empty. Every time I I look at a lake, I'm like, eight or nine people, dude. Eight or Every nine. Every season. I keep thinking of that documentary I saw last night, because they show the floating corpse, and the the, the the guy, the sheriff that they talked to today, he says, the only way I could get it out was, he says, that's the first time I could say, reach down someone's throat, he says, to get the body out, which he reached down the neck hole, grabbed the the collarbone and pulled it up. But he's like, how else are you going to get it? Like, there's a hundred other ways to there's get it There's so out. many ways. <laughs> there's so, wait. It feels like you were in a real rush to like, shove your hand down someone's uh, literal throat. I'm not touching any, I ain't touching this corpse. 
but it's a pretty pretty good I also like these episodes where it's like a small town where everyone knows everyone and they have their own little ecosystem going oh, right yeah no I wrote down that I wish that X-Files existed now so I could audition to be a yokel in one of these towns. You'd be great. It would be excellent. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you must be talking about the Bigfoot. That yeah. would be so fun. Yeah, you're the guy selling the t-shirts, putting on fake yeah. shoes to make tracks. Yeah. Wearing a uh, show us your bobbers hat. Show us your bobbers. <laughs> I actually have a hat that says I'm a masturbator. So. <laughs> oh, like a fishing thing? Fishing. Great. B-A-I-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Love it. Oh, they're like, uh, it was his daddy's cow that got eaten. I really like that line. That's like, you know, they have their own history with the big yeah, man. Yeah, They've yeah. been there a while. Uh, and I also like what, what, what Scully says. You know, you're like these guys sort of looking for. And they're all that was awesome. Yeah. That was Scully laying on some truth. And it's, again, it's like you're saying. It's like criticism of Mulder. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. This, this writer, Mr. Morgan, is like, you, you know, that's who Mulder really is. He's the old guy taking the photos. Yeah, like, he's just better looking. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wears a suit. Yeah. Yeah, the difference between you and them is like a haircut and a tie. That's hilarious. Yeah. I thought that was so real. If I were Mulder, I'd be like, fuck, Skelly. Oh, man. I'm you... just going to go take a break for a while. Yeah, I got told. <laughs> I need to go on an ayahuasca trip or something, figure out what this is about. I also like that. It's It's got a little bit of the Jaws thing in it where, you know, there's a creature in the water. So just close the lake. So now you got to bring in politics of why you can't close it. It's the got lake. a little bit of the Jaws thing. <laughs> it's got a lot Again, of that. And, hey, I love the show, but I mean, it, this is Jaws. Yeah. It's literally got all the fights with, you gotta close the lake. I can't, there are tourists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Until he gets attacked and he's like, close the lake! Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. I, I, I like that actor. I, I, he was good, I thought. I, I thought he was great, but I also wrote that, doesn't this guy play the sheriff in six other episodes of the X-Files? There's a lot of people who come back a lot playing. Oh, really? Films. I didn't know that. I was just, I was joking, but he does I don't feel know like a lot of the other sheriffs. I don't know if he does, but there's yeah. a lot of other characters that show up in these small kinds of roles. Okay, interesting. That's characters. kind of like uh, Law and Order or whatever. Well, they're in Vancouver. They can't fly people out. You find someone who's good, you want to sort of keep using them. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, I like the Sam Raimi Evil Dead cam kills that happen with oh, the yeah. alligator. That makes yeah. sense because I was I was like, why is it? Why is Big Blue so low to the ground? But it's not Big Blue. It's the alligator. It's a gator. Yeah. Yeah, because if it was Big Blue with its plesiosaur neck, it would be looking down on you. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which, that, good call. It looks like that picture. You've seen that famous Loch Ness picture, right? Mm -hmm. It sort of is evocative of that. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They probably uh, took it straight from that. I like the, the, the stoner guys who are licking frogs. They're from another Darren Morgan episode, those those characters. Are, oh, yeah? Where they're also doing drugs. And one of their friends <laughs> gets killed. And so now they have a new friend. So it's kind of an in-joke that these two guys, their friends keep getting killed. That's funny. And I knew I'd seen the girl before. Is the girl... Yeah, recurring. I think they're both in the in that episode. Okay. It's the cockroach episode. You remember the cockroach yes, episode? I do. Mm -hmm. It's a good episode. I thought I'd definitely seen the chick at least. Yeah, that's funny. And that guy is a famous actor now. He's a you know oh, who yeah? he is. He's a, a deadbeat helps ghosts. Can help that's him? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's I, that guy. It's a funny show. I only watched a little bit of it. Oh, did you? Yeah. He helps ghosts. Can't help himself. He's too much of a hipster. <laughs> Is it Get a, a job, hipster. <laughs> Is it a good show? It's good. It was good. Yes, it was. Okay. I like the head floating up and turning. In the, they get away with so much stuff. It also does a good job 
of like, well, like it's because every time I'm like, how's Kali gonna explain this? Oh, it's propeller damage. It always gives her enough stuff to be negative in a way that to shoot Mulder down, but not strain credi uh, credulity. Oh, how do you say that word? Credibility, I think. Yeah, no, credulity, you have it. Yeah, that works. Because, but you know, I I, th I I think that Scully's straining credulity because at one point she's like. She's like, it's propeller damage, Mulder. I mean, look at it. It's like rush hour out here. And then there's like three boats that yeah. are moving. Yeah. There's like old guys in them. Well, they don't have a budget. They for... need the boat day budget. <laughs> they don't have Come the budget. Come on. <laughs> at least get a motorboat going by. Just one. Yeah. Or just do the sound while they point off screen. Yeah. We'll buy it. We'll buy it. Get some crowd noise. Come on, guys. I thought that conversation where she, he's like, it looks kind of like a tooth, doesn't it? I thought that that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. And then later when she's like, you know what I saw in those pictures? And he's like, a tooth? She's like, no, I saw you, you fucking dumbass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was really, their dynamic is really, really good in this. And when he apologizes to her about quick quick dying, and then he goes on for a while about his theory, and she's like, could you repeat it? I'm sorry, I faded out. He's like, <laughs> at what point? And she's like, right after the apology. <laughs> That's really good. That's the, the, the scene in the boat I thought was kind of cool. The, right before know, they end up on the rock. I know the difference between expectation and hope. I thought that was a good line. Yeah, when they talk cool. about here be monsters, that whole conversation. Yeah, right? but I just like the, it's coming toward us! Because, yeah. I mean, you know, they did a lot with basically a boat room. I don't think you ever see the outside of the boat. No, like, it's a boat room and you just see on the radar like some sort of shape Yeah, some shape come toward them. Like but it's like they, they I mean, that's very cinematic with on a limited budget. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And when she's like, really expect to find this thing, don't you? What I thought was really good about that, where he's like, listen, there's a lot of crazy big truths out there, but I know that this one is in this lake. Yeah. So yeah, I can yeah. get to this one. So many of the things that we chase are intangible. For yes. example, Scully, remember last week when it turned out that <laughs> Skinner has some sort of spirit that follows him around? <laughs> we can never prove that. We've worked with him for three years. <laughs> we didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Try proving that one. And remember when you were like, tell us about it, and he was like, no. And he was like, thanks for the quick turnaround, and then he just started doing his work again. What a dick. Um, what is, like, Skinner must know, like, hey, yeah, I have a fucking succubus. You can't have sex with a woman after you find out she's a succubus. No matter how much, like, an older... You want to know why I divorced you? You want to know why? It's your ancient magical entity. It's the succubus thing. <laughs> Can't believe yeah. I had to bring it up. Is it because I'm always nagging you about work? No! <laughs> I mean, that's not great. It's because I'm late, right? It, that's no. part of it. Yeah. Very small part. I would say <laughs> the majority of it is that you're an ancient succubus. Yeah. That's the biggest part. Sometimes when I look at you, you are the epitome of grotesquerie. <laughs> I have visions of you as a nightmare creature. <laughs> um, Other than that, we get along. <laughs> um, the, um, uh, the the, the, the uh, conversation that they have on the living in a city, you forget a lot of things. It's not until you get to nature, you realize everything is out to get you. Yeah, that's a cool line. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it's that. It's true, too. Well, it's like how, I mean, again, you know, coming from someplace where people, like, lived on farms and stuff like that, uh, 
you know, people, uh, they think a lot of the things that we care about living in New York or Los Angeles are pretty fucking stupid, Yeah, you know, oh, and sure. pretty uh, effeminate or uh, conceited to even worry about them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Out there, there's alligators trying to kill you. Yeah. I mean, you can just like freeze. Yeah, they have the thing where she's like, that was him, Scully, that was Big Blue. And she's like, so what if it was? I thought that that was like, she's been arguing with him, arguing with him. And now she's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, I was, you remember that episode of Arrested Development where Buster's hand gets eaten off by a seal and then for yeah. the rest of the show he has a hook? Yeah. Wouldn't it have been cool if this was the episode where Mulder gets his peg leg? Like, oh, and then he just has a peg he leg. he just really has it. And he's happy now. I mean, I get it. It was a metaphor, but... Yeah. Um, um, I thought that they did, did a good job with that because when he says, I always wanted a peg leg, Scully and I were both like, Jesus Christ, can you be serious for one second? And it's like, he is being serious. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is being serious. But the, but he does have a funny joke when the duck appears and he goes, I'm still tempted to fire. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. And that whole thing that they were like a foot away from the coast. Yeah. Is yeah. Funny. Oh, that's it's, super funny too. Yeah. They yeah. just step onto the water. And it's kind of in, it's kind of in line with everything. The fact that it's really an alligator. All yeah. Of it, you know, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, your perception of the thing being very different from what the thing is. Right. And that's what Darren Morgan does a lot is like subvert perception and expectation. Like his episode Humbug is like, all these people, the freak show, they all look like monsters, but they're the good people. Yeah. He does that a lot. And in this one, I thought that that was really, really funny and like a pretty good uh, indication of like, what well, Mulder's out there looking for aliens, but you could just fucking live your life, you know? Yeah. Does this crazy shit. I would say here. as, as Lake Monster uh, things go, this episode is way better than the Oliver Platt movie, Lake Placid. I haven't seen that movie. Is that movie a comedy? It is not a comedy. And it doesn't know it's, that. It's a little bit like uh, arachnophobia in that it's like a straight horror movie, but it's also got a couple funny elements in it, but it's really not that funny. Isn't it at the end that there's some old woman that's been feeding the alligator? Isn't that part of it? I've tried to erase as much as I can from my memory, <laughs> but I did definitely see it in the theater. Okay. And it's one of my main reasons for hating Oliver Platt. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't like Oliver Platt. I fucking hate Oliver Platt. Why? He's, He's great. in everything shitty. No, he's good. He's in X-Men First Class. He's like, hi. I'm like, yes, of course you're in this piece of shit. Hey, First Class is pretty good. First Class is one of the worst pieces Why? of garbage I've ever seen. What? X-Men First Class? jeez. Oh, X-Men First Class is better than X-Men 1 and X-Men 3. You are... Okay, better than X-Men 3, I will give you. But X-Men 3 is really, really, really bad. Yeah, but X-Men First Class, I thought it was pretty good. The, the um, Magneto, all that stuff is pretty good. That's so uh, awful. Kevin Bacon walking around in the Magneto helmet. How, <laughs> how it turns X-Men into like, uh, which boy do I like? Kind of like a kind of a situation. Yeah, man. This is like... Mystique, Mystique was in Professor X's kitchen when they were both little kids. It's like fucking X-Men babies. X-Men. X-Men Babies! So, X-Men Babies is fine. It's bullshit. Did you like the next one? Days of Future Past? I didn't, I hated uh, First Class so much I didn't watch Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past is great. You should watch it. Oh, Just gosh, watch it's it. so embarrassing. You've seen so much horseshit in your life. Give this one a shot. I'm not watching just it. Just watch. At worst, you just see another two hours of horseshit. It's good. There's good stuff in it. It's it's good. The the the, fu the future stuff, the the time travel stuff is really interesting. Uh, maybe I'm a little burnt out on superheroes, but man, I really hated First Class. 
Hi, I'm Mystique. Hi, I'm Beast. My feet are weird. Look. Days of Future Past was better than first class. It's good. It's good. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. Yeah, come on. This isn't, the, this isn't the X-Men files. Nice. <laughs> the, the face you made. <laughs> I wish we could record. I just, no, don't tell people. I want people to think I'm just sincere. Hey, Camille, this isn't the X-Men files. <laughs> Concerned with your personal vengeance against life, your megalomaniacal cosmology, and then he goes, are you coming on to me? That was really good. That's it's, funny. Yeah. Uh, bravely facing life with your disability, like that was good. Uh, um, oh, and then Faraday coming on. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Like they've started hinting at the two of them, like yeah. having a thing that's yeah. like becoming a thing now. Yeah, huh. But that doesn't really. You don't get. You don't get any payoff to what the movie, the first movie with Landau, um, in their yes. relationship. You don't really get like a payoff. No, I mean the X Files. I don't want to get into it too much, but there's there's a good ending that could have happened with the movie that they didn't do, and they just kind of stretched it beyond a certain point. Sure. And um, I really, I think if a new series comes back, I don't think they should try and go. Back. I think it should be a new mystery, like do yeah. a do a short run of eight or ten episodes and have it be a completely new thing. Don't go back to the alien thing. It's it's just too much. It's too too messy at this point. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, when did when when did when is the X Files really truly over for you? I mean, spiritually, like where it's like past this point, there be dragons. <laughs> dragons start showing up after season six. They were on the periphery. And then where are we in this? What season is this again? Three, three. This so we're like, early days. So. Oh, this is great. Three, yeah. four, five are great. I think six is great. Uh, six is when the movie comes out. The movie no? comes out between five and six. Okay. So six is good because they sort of. It's a lot of fun episodes. It's the one with Brian Cranston, is it there? The and we're in LA by six? Six is the first one in LA. Yeah, that's what I And thought. it's actually, it's, it's, it's pretty good. There's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, oh, and the thing that they talk about at the end where she's like, uh, why you slew the uh, big white whale? Why are, you, why are you upset about it? Why are you disappointed? You saved people's lives. And then when he, he says, like, I guess I see hope in such a possibility. Like, I, that really gets to why I love the X-Files, the idea that the world is weirder than we know and understand, you know, and... Right, I mean, he makes the point, he's like, you're a scientist, wouldn't you want to discover this thing? He right. tells Scully that. Yeah, yeah, for him it's hope, which is, again, it's like you're saying, that guy, that Mr. Morgan, making kind of like a, a hopeful spin on all of his things. Right, exactly, know? the mystery's real, keep looking, it's like, kind of optimistic. Right, I'll yank the carpet out from under Mulder a lot, but ultimately Mulder's point of view is a hopeful one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. sweet. Is there anything else you want to say before I move on to the message board stuff? Uh, I don't think so. I think we talked about all of this. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he got. He didn't get his peg leg though. That's what he says, right? Yeah, she's like, you got, you got the white yeah. whale. He goes, I didn't get my peg leg though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all we want, right? Is some. That's the thing. Is like you're never done. Like Will yeah. Ferrell wants to win an Oscar. You know, like everybody. You'll never get your peg leg. You'll never get your peg leg. But the point is to keep looking. Ultimately, nothing means anything. We're a blip, a tiny, tiny piece 
uh, in, you know, uh, the universe. Right. If you really think about it, this is all pointless. We're a tiny cog in the machinery of conspiracy that runs all of our lives. Yes. Well, That's another way to say it that the even, X-Files would put forward. There's not even a conspiracy, though. It's just randomness. We're floating around in randomness trying to make, make sense of it. People asked Alan Moore one time if he thinks that there's a conspiracy, and he was like, no, there are hundreds of them, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and he's right. There's yeah. hundreds of conspiracies. Right. In the United States government, 17 at least. At least. Yeah. Well, that's what the X-Files sort of does sometimes, too. It's like there are different conspiracies, and like the Chinese government is doing their own thing. The American government is doing their own thing. There's not one big idea. You, you, they're not that organized. They're like at odds with each other. It's a pretty compelling idea. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, so in the message boards, uh, what I noticed this time is now that the show's popular, there's a lot of trolls coming. Oh, good. I just joined this uh, news group after watching The X-Files last week for the first time. That has to be the worst show I've ever seen. How can you people watch that crap? It was hor horrible. Bring back Kolchak the Night Stalker. That was a classic show. This was just crap. Uh, and so there's a lot of this and then people get so upset. They get so angry. Why would you get upset at that? That doesn't that doesn't even sound like the guy's sincere. It no. sounds like he just thought of a way He's to trolling. troll. Yeah. yeah. I think you need to get medication, man. That's the response. You have no idea what this show is about. And by the way, the Night Stalker sucks big ones compared to this show. Have you ever watched Kolchak? No, is it, it good? It doesn't suck big ones. No, these guys are... It doesn't just... suck bobbers. It doesn't suck bobbers. It's good. <laughs> um... And uh, uh, the one subject line is only way they are going to have sex. So now there's like a lot of people who want them to have sex. Only they're going to have sex is if uh, Scully and Mulder act out of a power, not of their own control. Say like if somehow they encounter an X-File where powerful pheromones cause them to lust after each other. Merely 60 seconds of passionate kissing and groping could cause major embarrassment and tension in their relationship that could last at least a few episodes afterwards and be plenty of fun to watch. Yeah, uh-huh. Sounds like someone's really thought this through carefully. <laughs> at this point, Chris Carter has said that they, he doesn't want them to get together. And yeah. They just don't want to, uh, they could do a semi-major makeout session when they couldn't help themselves. Um, that is so wishful thinking on the part of these people who yeah. just are going to get off on it. It's like that new movie. I said this to Ricky Carmona, our friend who loves... Who's been on this a few Okay, times. great. He loves... Um, he loves the Wachowskis, and we were talking about Jupiter Ascending. And my thing on Jupiter Ascending is, like, Channing Tatum with wolf ears is so specific. It's got to be someone's, like, secret fantasy. Oh, Do you yeah, know what I mean? it's definitely. Uh, Do you know? They're probably like, how did they know? Do you know about One Direction uh, wolf sex uh, fan fiction slash stuff? There's a very specific sub-community that... The way apparently wolves have sex is that the penis goes in and gets so big that it can't come out. It's essentially like sort of rapey. Yeah. And there's specific One Direction wolf sex uh, slash fiction that's about them having these dicks and they're fucking each oh. other. And the other one can't get away and stuff like they that. They have wolf dicks. They have wolf dicks. It's I thought you were going to say it's wolves fucking One Direction no, or they, One Direction fucking biological wolves. No, One Direction has wolf dicks. They're like werewolves, but only their dicks turned. And they're fucking each other, mostly. And they're fucking each other, mostly. Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's like... And they like it. It feels uh, real good. Sometimes... They want it. The people... Harder. No, but sometimes they don't, and they can't get away. Because the wolf dick engorges, and the 
to, to Pakistani one can't get away and has no choice but to oh. let the other one come before the dick will. There's a racial element. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's the prettiest one, so he's the one who's oh, engaged okay. in all so of these. So he's the twinkiest, maybe. He, yes. Yes. Um, well... I don't think there's a racial element. I think everything else is there. All the other badness is there. The racial element might be the only bad thing that's not in there. My feeling about slash fiction and pornography in general is I'm glad that you have that outlet, whoever you yeah. are. But maybe tomorrow, you give the computer a rest. <laughs> well, take I a mean, walk outside. Go to a go to a meetup group uh, that really enjoys One Direction. Do not mention your wolf story. Well, what's weird is now that we've had. Fifty Shades of Grey becomes such a hit. It's yeah. gonna empower all these people. Like, oh, maybe mine will be the next Fifty Shades of Grey because it was uh, Twilight fan fiction. So you think we'll see like people wolf penis know. films that are like huge, huge <laughs> well, I'm release? Just saying, I don't think that'll be a huge release, but I think people—no pun intended—but I do think that people it'll empower people to be like, hey, it could be. I could be the next one. Fifty Shades is so ridiculous. It's so like women who are like, not women, I don't want to say women. Whoever likes it, it's just like, it's like, you're afraid of your own sexuality. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes, of course. You just need to experience things. And I don't even mean experience different types of sex. You just need to get away from your fucking computer yeah. and go out and do stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like I was saying, like uh, in the video game world, there's people who get really angry at reviews and stuff. And it's because... You know, these guys who they don't have stuff to live to, for, they don't, their peg leg is being into video games. And so when girls come into video game world and they're changing the world, that's their world. They take it very, very personally because it's all they have. They have shitty jobs. They don't mean anything. And then they come online and they're fucking angry and gamergate and all that shit. That's what that is. That's what, you know, gamergate stuff, right? Yeah, I know it's all about it. Insanity. It's really, really insane. It's so bad. That whole it's thing really is really bad. And, uh, uh, yeah, the anonymity of the internet adds to it, but I don't think that that's the sole reason it gets so out of hand. I think it's just people have all these, like, this, this, they're repressed and they feel that their lives, they're powerless in their lives and, and this, this is the way they can feel powerful, that they can, that they're part of something, right? They didn't figure out who they wanted to be, so now they're, Gamergate, that gives them meaning. It's like Nazi stuff. That's it's why Nazis. That, it is. That's, that's what why, the Nazis were. Yeah, because people didn't have a sense of purpose and they're like, oh, now I have this. I am a Nazi. Yeah. This is what I have. That's what this is. That's why I don't have a problem. So, like, that's, that's a big appeal of sports, right? You, you, because religion is sort of dying in America. I don't want to argue with people. I'm just saying it's less than it ever. So you're used saying to be. that Jesus is a lie. Go ahead, Camille. No, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is Jesus uh, is I, gay. You just <laughs> said Jesus was gay. Jesus is a wolf dick. Jesus, Jesus had a wolf dick. Um, I, I, I think that's the big appeal of sports. Like, that's why people like feel like they belong to something. That, you know, I am a Jets fan. Or, whatever it is you yeah. feel like you're you have an identity then it's it's yeah. hard we're in this world where that's why after like 9-11 people got so patriotic i think part of it is like oh i'm an american this is something i have you yeah know? it's so it's so weird and now there are this, you have the most choice in your identity you've ever had in history of course in america and now people are completely paralyzed in choosing one, I think. Well, or they're choosing very superficial Well, that's ones. why you go to an ice cream store that has like 50 flavors and you're like, I have no idea what to do. That's what the American experience is. I guess is. I'll just eat all of it every day. <laughs> oh, my tummy. Yeah. It's, uh, all right, well, uh, we really got at some stuff there. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, thank you. Plug uh, your stuff. You have an album. I have an uh, album. It's called My Brave Battle. Uh, you can get it on <laughs> iTunes and Amazon. And um, check jaredlogan.com because I might be coming somewhere near you. And um, uh, jaredlogan.com. Yeah. It, that's a... Uh, you update that and stuff. I need a website. I update it with my dates. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Do you like getting stoned and watching a movie? Or just watching a movie? Well, then check out our podcast, I Am Weed, where we... And a guest. Go to the movies and discuss it after. A movie review podcast with a little token twist. Get it? Oh, boy. But hey, you don't have to smoke weed to enjoy this podcast. Uh, you should enjoy watching movies, though. Subscribe to I Am Weed on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app.